The bids are in. The gavel has dropped. The auction is over. Ladies and gentlemen, here at WineBid, we are finally hammered. My name is Jeff McGurn. With me, as always, is the illustrious wine auction expert, Paul Walker. I would argue he is a wine expert in general. He would, he always rolls his eyes and shakes his head, but what I'm saying is true. Welcome to Wine Bids weekly podcast uh, dedicated to all things wine value. And I do believe we're the only podcast that is just dedicated to finding good value in wines wherever they may lie, whatever price point, whatever type of wine. That's what we're all about here. And that's that's really the main thing that Paul and I care about is finding great wines at good price uh, and helping you do the same. So welcome, Paul. What are you, welcome. What are you drinking today? Uh, let's see. So today... I am drinking, I don't know if you can see, but it's retro. This is retro petite Syrah from Howl Mountain from the Park Muscatine Vineyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Dunn's wines. He's been making wine up on Howl Mountain forever. He's a good buddy and he's probably well known, better known, I should say, for helping his dad make wines from his last name's vineyard label. Um, but the retro wines that that Mike does are really, really cool. He makes Petit Syrah, he makes some Syrah, he makes some Zen and some other things I'm forgetting, Pillar Sun, I think. Um, and they're, they're really, really good. And the old vine designations are excellent. They last for a long time. They're powerful wines. They're not uh, shy, but they're really, really tasty. So that's what I'm having today. It's cold and it's kind of rainy out. So it's, it's, it feels appropriate. I love a good, uh, a good old vines infantile. I myself am having a uh, Vincent, uh, Maury and Sophie Santenay, oh, cool. Le Grave, Premier Cru. Uh, obviously, Vincent and Sophie are really good friends of mine. And uh, love this stuff naturally. Love the stuff that 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 they produce. Uh, I use the term friend loosely, uh, and I use the term really good friend even looser. But that aside, let's jump right into this. There's a lot to cover today. Yeah, uh, yeah. we've got yeah. a big a stuff. We've got a big auction recap. One of the things that I, I want to recap the stuff that had a lot of bids on it. Sure. One of the things that really s- jumped out at me was the the diversity in the stuff that saw a lot of action. At yeah. auction today, which I thought was really cool. Maybe the first time I, I think I've seen a, a, our our top bid on had 13 bids was a 2008 uh, Comte Lafon Merceau. Right. Um, really fascinating. Started at 90, sold at 160. Yeah, uh, we we you remember we talked about this, right? We did. We yeah, did. we we was we. I think I probably said something stupid like, "Oh, it'll go for around 100 bucks." You know. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, were you wrong, Paul. Well, obviously, I didn't look at all the other LaFont wines from 08, but I'm sure they were probably more, you know, because there were Premier Cru wines as well. And I'm I'm sure they all went for more. I mean, like, it's funny because last week we're saying like, God, $90 is such a good deal for this wine. Well, as it turns out, $90 would have been. <laughs> A good deal for that wine. If if you had not mentioned it, and everybody goes, "Oh my gosh, I get this for ninety bucks." Great value. Well, that's like that's that's our tagline, right? It's like great values at the price where they start. At the, where the, <laughs> at the price where they start, not necessarily the price they. How are they hammer? <laughs> but there, there were two sold at one sixty, so that's what it's worth. Number two was a two thousand nine Antica Terra and. Yeah, another one we mentioned. I said, this is wild to see a full case of this wine. Somebody had a bid on it right at the start of the auction. And 
I didn't think it would actually get that many bids and that bid up, but it looks like, yeah, the price went up substantially, especially when you consider it was a full case. So uh, 12 of those, I mean, a 60 to 90, 12 bids. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was, that was kind of crazy to me. 08, Francois Rousset, uh, Martin, Cote de Jura. Uh, I mean, this one, 12 bids. Yeah, this is this is one of this, you know, I'm I'm totally ignorant about about this wine and a lot of Jura wines for that matter. But it's it it must have a following of some kind because, yeah, it was uh, it saw a lot of activity. Oh, nine and P de Valon, uh, Bourgogne, Cote de Chalonnet. Yeah, it's another one we recommended. What I, 20 dollars? <laughs> yeah, twenty bucks. I was like, twenty bucks, great deal. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I mean, look, look, you spend twenty bucks on like a you know village. I mean, like a brand new village uh, Burgundy. So, I mean, something like that is I, from the Coach Chalonnet. That's not crazy. No, great, great, great vintage, great producer. You know, ties to obviously Aubert de Vilaine. Well. <laughs> ties i mean it's his his winery um and you know still i don't think that 36 for you know for for bottles bad you skipped over the box for pinot noir by the way i did you notice that i did, I that did got multiple that. bids you probably got a bid on that <laughs> more or less more or less what i did not skip over was the 06 uh bruno giacosa nebbiolo di alba uh yeah see that was another one you know that i knew was gonna go i didn't i wouldn't have expected it to go to almost 50 bucks but that's not surprising at all it's it's you know it's great great producer that's probably really tasty right now yeah 16 years almost 17 years of age on that nebbiolo right and and, you know the barolo and barbaresco will last a long long time and so this wine's probably tasting great right now i didn't look up seller tracker notes or anything but i'm sure it's it's excellent and it's in good shape and so that should be a great one 2019 mondavi the estates cabernet sauvignon i I figured that you that was probably mostly you got eight bids. <laughs> I figured because you because you do all your wine buying by wine spectators. Rate, top right? ten, yeah. If it's not a top ten spectator top one hundred, I'm not interested in it Exa- at all. Pretty much, that's how Paul operates. Like that's all he <laughs> buys is wine spectator top ten list. The next one was like near and dear to my heart. Coming, let's in hear you, let's hear you massacre the pronunciation of this. Seven seven bids, Tonatore. Uh, oh, I, thought, I thought you were going to talk about the Dovilan Ruyi, and I was waiting for no, you. No, no. I'm, I'm talking about the Norello Mascalese. Oh, right. Right. Which this is one that I had talked about, right? We had had this conversation right. with 20 bucks is a phenomenal price for this wine. I'm a huge fan of Norello. I don't feel like it gets enough uh, enough play. Uh, and I love that it's getting some love because it's a it's it's like a varietal that I have been obsessed with and you just don't see a lot in the United States. Started at 27 bids, got it to almost $50 for this bottle of Norello. And this one, if you're looking at the seller tracker notes, is singing right now. Like it's it's supposedly it's a fantastic bottle. 
I was at least one of those seven bids. I think I was the first bid. I really wanted that bottle, but I did not get it sadly because at wine bid, we're not allowed to bid against customers. Well, you got to place a, you got to place a, a big max bid to start with, and that's yeah. That's but I was fair. I was not going to place a fifty dollar max on a twenty dollar well, bottle. If you of really Brunello. want it, that's what you got to do. Gotta... I didn't want it that much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wanted it. I would have preferred if just nobody bid against me. Twenty thirteen, uh, Nervi Gatanara. That one, seven bids, took it from 35 to 48. And this one yeah, that's, just retails at 100. Right. And, I, you know, it's funny because there's Nervi, there were Nervi, Contero, Gatsunara, and then there were, there were the, 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 just the straight Nervi, Gatsunara. And I don't know the difference other than Contero is, is obviously going to change things as far as people's interest in it because of the, the famous name. But the 18 Magnum was another one that, that I wanted to point out because it started at 75. And I think there were five of them because we were talking about how there were, you know, it was interesting to see multiple bottles, of, especially large format yeah. of this wine. Yeah. And not surprising that like, you know, the, the case of 14, every Conterno all sold, got multiple bids. I mean, it, it, it hammered above just above reserve at 50, $51. So wasn't anything nuts, but the mags got bid up. I think to about 130 starting at 75. So, so people went after those, they were obviously under, I feel like they were underpriced for auction, but the, the Mosino also got started at 35 hammered at 47, I believe. And then the one you just mentioned uh, got bid up pretty substantially. So that was cool to see. One that I, there were a couple that I thought were really interesting that saw like a lot that, that like really saw a big jump. The JF, JF, uh, Munier. Uh, yeah, we talked about some of the other Munier wines because yeah. there was, I think there was Amaras and Musigny in the same, of the same vintage. And the, the village, Chamel Musigny going from 195 to 340 is, that's quite significant. That's a that's lot cool. of money for, a village shumble, but that's Mounier. And that's, you know, that's serious stuff. We saw the 2002 Lucien, Le Monet, Poulinier, That's what I said. Uh, <laughs> um, you get yours cleaned out. But that one, six bids took it from 80 to 130. Yeah, see, great, great vintage, great vineyard, great producer. I guess great could be, you know, argued about Le Moine. I, 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 I don't know how those wines are tasting 20 years down the road, but not a, not something you can easily replace. And so the bidding reflected that two bottles started at 80. Yeah. Finally went to 130. One that I thought was really interesting. I feel like we don't typically see a ton of action on Paso wines, but the 2017 Turtle Rock James Berry Vineyard, did I pronounce those correctly? That one, six bids, uh, we had three bottles went from 60 to 145. Yeah, that was pretty significant. And I hate to jump the gun here, but did you look at all the turtle rock in the current auction? <laughs> There's a ton of turtle rock coming into auction right now. It's like all of a sudden it was a teaser, the teaser, you know, a lot of three bottles. And then yeah, the like, flood arrived this week. 
those six bidders were, were like, there will never be Turtle Rock in auction. I better get this right now. I better get this now. When are we ever going to see Turtle Rock again? Like, and then we opened up the Turtle Rock floodgates <laughs> is what happened, right? That's how we do it here at WineBit, right? We just, we trickle in one and no, I'm just joking. And we, we, we put it in as it comes, but, and then a 2010, uh, I'm going to butcher the name. Yeah, I'll just say it for you. Our new uh, show, Eshizo, and this this wine bears sort of, I think, mention. You know, we've talked, we, I'm sure we've talked about it before because this wine has become uh, an auction darling, shall I say it? And the the ownership, or or I believe the vinification changed in 2015 to Charles Show, who's making the wines now, and the pricing for some of the new releases is is astronomical so i think finding or securing the 2010 grand cru ashes of when there's literally we're going rouge for 800 or something getting the 2010 our little show ashes of for four what was it four fifteen four five four or five was not unrealistic and not overpriced if i dare say it even though you know it did start at 245 so that's interesting to see. The wines are not the same as far as I know as they are now with, you know, different winemaking, but it's it's become a real cult producer. That's for sure. I want to get into uh, stuff that we're watching at auction because there's a lot to talk about. Normally, what we do here is we we look at just stuff that's coming new into auction because anything else we, we've looked at. But before we do that, there is something that is not new at auction, but I did want to mention because LiveX just came out with LaFleur's 2018 release price, Chateau LaFleur. So they just released some, uh, they just released like, I think it's the first tranche of, of 2018 LaFleur. People can keep me honest. What's really interesting to me is the 2018 is like a tremendous deal. It was coming in at, I believe, under... I have to look at the price, but under $600 a bottle on Premiere on this release, which if you're looking at the floor we have at auction right now, that stuff's going for you know $900, $1,000 a bottle. So there's a lot of chatter, at least amongst the wine investing community. It's really fascinating because you're not seeing, especially Bordeaux, giving a good deal on Premiere or even, you know, even on first release, like this stuff is usually comes out exactly what the retail is going to be, if not even higher than what it ends up retailing for. So I thought that was particularly interesting to, to me. Right. But yeah. They're doing 5,800 pounds, uh, great British pounds per 12. So that's coming in, I think $600 a bottle ish right around there. Yeah. That's for the 18. Yeah. Wow. Because yeah, I mean, auction, auction values on that are way, way more, way more than that. So that's, that seems really low. <laughs> that, that's what I was saying. And granted, you have to get an allocation of the 18, right? Right. You have to be on an allocation list, but man, if you're on an allocation list, that's, that stuff should be snatched up like that. And then yeah, that's, that's ridiculously low because, you know, that's, it's going to be worth, well, it's already worth more than that at auction right away. So. Right. Yeah. Immediately. Let's talk some other Bordeaux. There were uh, some really interesting ones. I saw an 85 Margot that came into auction this week. 505 is starting price. Mm-hmm. Great bottle, right? The tasting notes are, are saying this one is just singing right now. Be a great birth year wine. And 505 for Margot is just a fantastic price, right? I'm curious to get your thoughts on this one. 
Yeah, I haven't had that wine in a long time. Um, I think it kind of might be one of the, you know, the first growth from the mid 80s that is steadily increasing in price. I think it's been kind of crawling upwards for a while now. Um, I just wanted to take a quick look at, you know, where it's been last few months, but in the last year or so, yeah, I mean, it was in, in the mid to high fours in early 2000 or yeah, 2000, late 2021, and then jumped over, actually jumped all the way up to 700 in, in May, but, uh, it's come down a little bit. 505 seems to be the consistent hammer the last few months and it's not that's, I'd be interested to try that wine again. I don't think it's as good as the 1990 or some of the other vintages. I, I don't think it's as good as 83, but it'll, it'll probably steadily increase and, and, you know, gradually go up over time. Look, the, the tasting notes are singing its praises. Of course, as you always note, you really have to be careful about, you know, who is giving those tasting notes. Right. Um, right. Because, you know, <laughs> You don't know if they're any good directionally. I think it's um, it steers me right for the most part. There is a 95 uh, Leoville Las Cas that came into auction 205. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 205 is a fair price for uh, a high quality producer. And I feel like uh, Leoville Las Cas punches above its weight. It absolutely does. It's yeah, it's we've we've mentioned it. I think we talked about 81s last week or a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, the 82 is obviously very expensive because of the scores and the vintage and everything else in 1990. Same thing. Uh, it's over 400 bucks for the 90. But the 95 is I mean, that's a that's a killer vintage. And I think will last for years and probably drinks well now. And it'll 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 continue to go up. I, I don't doubt. But 205 is not a not a bad reserve for that. One I wanted to ask you about, 09 Chateau Pape Clement Blanc, $330. Yeah, this is this is kind of in that camp of white Bordeaux that costs more than the red. <laughs> and there's a few, you know, there's a few examples. I think Oprion Blanc actually costs more sometimes than the red in certain vintages, just because it's, you know, extremely rare. And if the bottle's in good shape, people are going to go after it. But did you say 95 or 05? Oh, nine. Oh, nine. Sorry, I wasn't listening. A 2009 Pop Clement Blanc. What's really interesting to me is this bottle usually goes for like 135-ish. It did get a 100-point score. Yeah. And, and my question is like, you know, does it, I mean, that 100-point score is really carrying this bottle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for a while. For a while now. <laughs> well, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how long that lasts. I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting to see. I don't think... I don't know. That that seems like a lot. That that just seems like a lot to me. Three thirty. I mean, it has it has sold at that, so it's not out of line. That's that's hammered. I think at a at three thirty a few times. I think even I agree. more. I agree. Look, I'm not. I'm not. Look, I'm not saying that's more than what it's worth. I was just a little surprised that we would see a price tag like this on from a you know from a vineyard like a chateau like Peppermint. Well, that's the thing. See, like there's these there's this kind of group of of white bordeaux and i'm 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 
scrambling to find other examples where we can see some of the history that's similar. Smith of Lafitte Blanc, I wouldn't put it in the same realm, but in vintages like 09, where it gets really, really high scores, it's it's pretty expensive. I think the 09 uh, last hammered at, I don't know, 125. So not, not in the same area, but still the wine... I bet if you had, you know, these 09s next to each other and maybe a couple other like Domaine Chevalier Blanc, which arguably is not not in the same region. So it's going to be a totally different style. But still, it, it's funny to see some of these white Bordeaux that that go for you know, go for more than the reds. Iken Ygrec is an interesting example, too. Obviously, yeah. it doesn't cost as much as the sweet wine, but it it is not cheap. And the higher the score, obviously, the higher the hammer. To me, that's one of those things where it's like the Ygrek makes sense to me that okay, their their dry their dry white wine, it's going to be expensive. Sure, but it's, it's not really as expensive as sweet white wine. What's crazy to me yeah. is when you see a, a, a vineyard that is really known for world class red wines, they come out with randomly uh, uh, a white wine, well, not randomly, but the, but. Their white wine can sometimes eclipse the, the red wine value. It's right. always a, kind of an interesting thing to me. Brown and La Mission Brown Blanc are both actually good examples of that. I think, like, I was just randomly checking and 15 Brown, excuse me, 15 La Mission Brown Blanc last hammer was somewhere in 400 and something plus. And I think the 14 reserve is six. The last hammer for the 14 was 675 and the 14 Whoa. red. The fourteen red. There's no way it costs six seventy five. Oh, I bet you're about to tell me. I'm going to tell you. Let's see. Fourteen Lemission last hammer for the seven fifty at fourteen Lemission was two oh five. So it's three ah. times the price for the white wine. Ah. <laughs> oh, okay. Any other any other Bordeaux that you want to cover? Yes, yes. Let me let me let me run through and forgive me for scrolling endlessly because I really did tag a lot of stuff this week. Um, I mean, a lot of Bordeaux coming into auction this week. There is. Yeah. There was a bunch of Lafitte. Um, what else was there? Lots of, lots of interesting things. I think actually it seemed like there was, there was a fair amount of Lafitte more than almost any other producer, but, um, give me a second. And if you want to bring up, was there any other Bordeaux that you were interested in mentioning? Um, you know, the only other one that I would mention, there was a 16 Ponte Canet. 16 was a great year for Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. That, that an amazing bottle, even when compared to the 2009. And yet it's, it's going, you know, it's going for $70 less. Mm-hmm. 2009 you know Ponte Canet is one of those ones where for years you could get it at sub $100 right right, um, and, right and now it just seems to have really with you know 2019's not with 2019 on premiere notwithstanding it seems to have really crept up above but to me 135 for 2016 Ponte Canet um, does seem like a pretty reasonable deal especially for something that's in a drinking window right now and and that's a particularly good year yeah, it's true. The only reason I kind of I kind of grimace at that price is because Ponte Canet used to be very inexpensive. <laughs> right, well, and, right. By com- it did used to be very. I mean, yeah, and not- and there, if I feel like there's some counterparts to it that have slowly crept up in price, but not as nearly as bad um, as as Ponte Canet. So, Lichbage. yeah, I mean, well, Lichbage is pretty it, is eclipsed in certain vintages, definitely yeah. in the 2000 vintage, but. 
No, you're right. I mean, it's good. It, 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 that's not insane. It's not like other examples, but it, it still it still seems like a lot. Uh, I guess I'm just stuck in the 90s or something. But. Uh, yeah, but back when you were buying, yeah. In the 90s, in the 80s, when you were buying Ponte Cane for like $3. For $29.99 or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, for sure. Yeah, I know. I was going to mention, since I was actually, we were talking about Oprion Blanc, I was going to mention the Oprion Rouge. Uh, the 1990 is in this week, new bottle or new item and it's at 870 i always felt like this wine's been totally overshadowed by the 89 which is you know one of the world's greatest wines and so the price is uh 870 reserve which is far less not almost half actually of what the 89 is going for and that's always kind of fun to see because it's phenomenally good i've had quite a few years but amazing example just a killer vintage all around there were so many great wines from bordeaux in 1990 and so that was a fun one and then there's also 1990 Lavo barton at 190 which again talking about you know prices going up however this is you know more than 30 years old so 190 i don't think is is out of range and it's it's great great wine and bottle looks to be in really great shape and so that's those were the two that that's that struck out or stuck out to me this year um, or this week. Excuse me. The others I wanted to briefly mention were there's some 88 Chateau Trotonois, which is always sticks out to me because it's it's fairly rare. It's small production. It's Merlot from Pomerol and it's a lot less it's sandwiched between La Fleur Petrus and Petrus and Le Pain. And so it's a lot less than all of those <laughs> by a mile, many, <laughs> many, many miles. Oh, right. That's not saying much. <laughs> but, much. No, 150 You're for the 88. And Le Pain. Like, yes, everything is. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're astoundingly higher than, than $150 reserve. So yeah, a couple bottles in for 150, I expect it to probably hammer at that, maybe not too much more. And so that's, that's always, that's always sticks out as something interesting and, 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 you know, collectible, but not insanely expensive. <laughs> and then to counteract that, I will mention there is a bottle of 60, there's a magnum of 64 Petrus in this week, um, which is a whole lot more than 150. The 64 Petrus is at 52.50 for a magnum. So go figure. And it's a steal. <laughs> a steal. And isn't, isn't that your birth year, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> I wish that I could tell you to get it for me. It's like, come well, on. If only. Pony up. If only. Let's talk Burgundy. Um, there wasn't a ton of Burgundy coming into auction new this week, but there were a couple bottles that that sort of caught my eye. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we kept talking about Le Flav, uh, that a Poulini Montrachet. Le Flav. Uh, uh, 04, Le Flav. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> um, 325. Solid notes, great producer. Do you think 325 is a good value for this Poulini Montrachet? Well, I don't think anything is good value in the flood anymore. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's absurdly expensive. Now the wines are incredible and they are sort of the benchmark, if you will, for these various vineyards that they, that they source from They're They're amazing, amazing wines. I did see that because that, that stuck out. It's like, because I always look for Domaine Le Flood wines every week, but 
Yeah, that's a great example. Not sure about great value, but it's, you know, that's, that's what you got to pay for that stuff these days. Well, I mean, you look at it, this bottle first hammered in 08 for $120. Mm -hmm. It last hammered in September of 2021 for 245. Before that it was 175 in April of 2021. So, you know, you're 325. You say it was 175 in April of 21. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's an, that's quite an increase. I mean, you're talking about a year and a half, a little more than a year and a half, and mm-hmm. and it's it's uh, almost doubled in value, and yeah. and and we don't know what it's going to hammer at. So it could it could theoretically go for more than uh, more than three twenty five. Theoretically, it could not go at all, and it could end up coming down. Um, That's true because there there is quite a bit of lift eleven right now. Some of it's been been rolling over. I think it's it's you know it's very expensive stuff and. People aren't ready to pull the trigger right right now, but the other one that I was looking at, there's an 09 uh chanson uh Corton Charlemagne, and that one $85. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the age, like like I mean, there could be some age issues there, but certainly $85 for Corton Charlemagne struck me as a pretty good deal. Yeah, that thing looks great. Color looks fantastic on it. I wouldn't be worried about age there at all. I think this this bottle's in fine shape and not too familiar with the Chanson wines. And the price is, I think, reflective of how it's treated, let's say, in the secondary market. It's more kind of along the lines of Latour and some of the other bigger name negotiant producers of Corton Charlemagne. Don't forget, that's a you know enormous parcel of land that the entire the entire place is is grand cru the red and the white so it's a little it's a little funny that way and things could be discussed you know depending on people's opinions of the of the area in very many different ways but it's you're right for 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 cortez made from a great vintage that's 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 a good value that's what you're talking about um and they produce what one third of uh the grand cru burgundy uh, what do you Corton mean? Charlemagne. Oh, Corton, yeah, yeah. It's, Corton it's a, produces one third of Grand It's Cru. a big, big parcel Huge, for, right? yeah, it's, it's kind of like Clojot in that sense, where it's this massive Grand Cru vineyard and the quality varies quite a bit by, by part, you know, parcel. And so it, it, you got to do your research as far as, you know, what, what's good. I mean, Jancis Robinson gave it 17.5. So that's a, that's a pretty darn good score. If you're looking at sort of the notes on, on solar tracker and some of the rankings, it is highly regarded, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it gets fairly acclaimed granted. I mean, it, these are random people saying this stuff, but I don't know. I found there's, there's a, a degree of um, um, there's a degree of accuracy there, at least correlation. No, I was going to say, it looks like the, the two reviews for that wine were both from the same critic on seller tracker. So we got to, you got to take that with a grain of salt. Um, well, they're actually, if you look at the community score, Oh, you're right. Two out of three are from the same critic. Take it with a grain of salt. That being said, I mean, look, $85, uh, for a bottle of Corton Charlemagne. I don't think no, it's, it's, it's not, not bad. It's not bad. It's a great, it's, I, I mean, I trust, I trust Janice's Robinson's score more than, than seller tracker. And she gave a great rating. I don't know when that was done, but probably somewhere around 2012 or 2011 or something, but still that's, um, that's good. 
What are you looking at Burgundy wise? I mean, talk, walk me through some of the stuff that you uh, sure. you're watching coming out. Auction. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, because I I'm, I'm all over the map here this week. There's a lot of different stuff, a lot of domestic stuff. So I will kind of skip through if I can. Uh, there is some really great Chablis from Alice and Olivier de Moore, which are not often found. So I always like to point these out. There's some Montemilieu 17 and 18, $75 reserve for both. And there are some 18 Vaudeve at $70 reserve. Um, those are great wines. As I said, they're not off. They don't often come up. So always fun to see those. Uh, let's see in the red area, there is a bottle of 1995 Dugat P. Mazi at 550. Fantastic producer. Great vintage, uh, hard to find. I don't think it's been in for a while. It's probably not going to come back anytime soon. Uh, that's not cheap, but Mazi Chamberton from Dugat P, it's never going to be cheap. Um, let's see. If you don't mind, if I kind of shoot down to uh, to Beaujolais really quick. I was like, yeah, um, let's go into other reds. Let's take a step outside of Northern Burgundy and, and let's talk about the other stuff. Yeah, so, so there are... Well, there's quite a few interesting things. I noticed that um, again. Sorry, if apologize that I'm that I'm scrolling through, and we can probably edit out this time wasting chatter. Well, let me. That, how about this? While you're scrolling through, I noticed there was a ton of Chateauneuf du Pape that came in. There is. The there's a huge amount of it. Huge I'm a, amount. I'm a huge CDP fan. Well, yeah, you got a grip of stuff to pick from this week. There's a ton of stuff. There was a. 07 Bucassel. We mm-hmm. have 16 of those. 105. Um, uh, that's an awesome 07 Bucassel. Uh, that's an <laughs> awesome Bucassel. I've had that Bucassel. It's outstanding. Okay. I actually think I still have a bottle. 105, I think, is a fantastic price for that. It's yeah. drinking phenomenally right now. We've got 16. To me, that one's right for, I mean, that one should go for the, the 05. If you like Chateau du Pap and, and, and you're in that price range, that's a great one to get. There was also, I mean, a bunch of other CDP. There was a Grand Veneur Chateau du Pap, Le Regional, Le Claude du Calot. We had two of those, uh, 2010-2012. Both of them in the drinking window. Amazing bottle, great price points. The 2010 uh, Grand Veneur, uh, that one 55 right. for a CDP with 12 years on it. I think is a gr- is great. And then the uh, Le Clos du Calot, de Calot. Uh, oh, Caillou, yeah. Caillou, that one, <laughs> 140 for the 2010. And then for the 2012, it's 70. I think that's, yeah, that's so funny. I put both, I put, I've tracked both exactly those same wines, the 2010 and 2012, because they're yeah, it's half the price. It's, it's half the price. It's like yeah. half the price for two years later. And it's still a phenomenal bottle, right? Yeah. Yeah. 10 years of age on it. I'll bet that's going to be, I mean, and by the way, chapter two, perhaps what a great time for CDPs to come into auction. Like for all these CDPs come to auction, just in time to buy them for holiday meals. Yeah. Because for me, that stuff pairs. I know everybody goes Pinot Noir. I should, I should love a good chef and if to pack with holiday meal, especially with some age on it. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And both of those wines will be delicious. I think the 12 might even drink better out of the gate right away than the 10. The 10, 10 obviously, again, we're talking about scores before. It's, it's pretty much, I think, why 
you know, that, that wine is, is at 140. I actually tagged the 05 too, because that's a great bottle of wine, but it got the dreaded 100 point score, which means it's at $180 reserve. So, you know, you, you should try all three together and, and see which one you like best, but I'm sure the 12 will be fantastic. So that's, that. it's got a bit on it already. So you can see people are, you know, people are interested in the value. So there is another Chateauneuf du Pape that is an auction that we rarely see in auction from this negotiant. And I know you are obviously the French expert. Correct me if, uh, please correct my pronunciation. I wouldn't say expert, but yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to butcher this. A 2015, am I saying this right? Kirkland (laughs) signature. Kirkland signature. Chateauneuf du Pape, Cuvée de Nance. You know, I, I looked this up. Now that, that you didn't pronounce right. Cuvée that one. Is, <laughs> okay, Kirkland. Kirkland, I pronounced Kirkland, Kirkland, you got that. You got that. It is not often that we see Kirkland at auction at, uh, on, uh, on wine bid, but you know. it just goes to show you, we are not pretentious on wine bid. That's true. We don't cherry pick. That's true. We don't, we don't cherry pick. Right. Which is, now, is there, do you know, do you know if the papacy is moving to Costco? That's the next question because, you know, this would imply such a thing. I mean, certainly they get a great deal on hot dogs and a soda. Um, <laughs> let me, let me just say this one took me down a little rabbit hole because I, I went and looked and I'm like, how often do we see Kirkland items at auction? The first time was in 2011. We saw a bottle of 03 Kirkland signature Polyak. That was the first time we ever had. Polyak. 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 That's what I said. <laughs> um, um, but anyway, I, just want you to know, Paul. I can't help I, myself. Sorry. I will not. I will not bid on this 2015 Kirkland Signature Chef. You have to pass. Well, you know, it's all yours. It's all yours, I mean, buddy. You can. You, this is the thing, right? It's a good vintage, and I don't know the wines from Cuvée de Nalis, you know, from wherever the fruit source is. But I'd be willing to bet it's probably it's probably fine. This is a perfect perfect example of something to bring to a 2015 Chateauneuf tasting. <laughs> nobody, no, no, these, these are always awesome. If you, if you're in a blind tasting group, which is great where everything is, you know, is bagged and only you, the guest knows. And some of them people, they bring the you know, they bring the bottles and then, every, and then the host takes them all. So even the guests don't know, you know, which wine they, they, they're serving. And so sure. You can you can do any number of different ways of, of of blind tastings, but this is an awesome example where you can find you know the truth comes out as it were, or whatever whatever personal preference you know people have for this type of wine. So I, that's what I would buy this for. I would absolutely buy it for a 2015 Chateauneuf tasting, and or even not a blind you know even even if people are drinking let's say Banner producers from 15 and you just bag this one and bring it to a dinner or tasting it would be awesome to see how now it might be terrible (laughs) i know (laughs) in which case you know then you're not going to get invited back but it still would be fun to try right especially in that in that environment twenty dollars there was uh we have a 99 uh google coat roti oh yeah i i flagged these guys yeah i mean google it puts out some great stuff. Right. Uh, the tasting notes are treating it very kindly. Coat roti, phenomenal, uh, phenomenal wine. And 150, I 
you know, I thought that was a pretty good deal for a Kogo team. Right. So I, I, I flagged all the, the Koro tea from Giga because the two famous Lala's as they're called, well, there's three, but there are two famous ones in the auction. Currently the 99 dumb is not a Lala, but it, it's the most reasonable of the, of the higher end Koro tea that, that Giga makes. There's an 09 Lala done at 450 and a 95 La Turk at 425, which the, they're phenomenally good wines. Gigal is obviously a, a giant, let's say, in the Rhone with lots of different wines and lots of different quality levels and price levels. But the, yeah. the Corotees from these, these particular designations are fantastic. So, yeah, those are always great to see. And they, they don't come up that often, I, especially uh, mid-90s Leturk. I mean, that's, that's, that's serious wine. I, I've always had good luck with Gigal. I mean, the Chateau Neuf is, is okay. They make a ton of it. You can always find it. Um, but yeah, the, 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 there's a lot of great quality, I would say, for, you know, across the board. Uh, we have a 1990 Paul Jaboulet Hermitage La Chapelle. Was there 90 La Chapelle? I didn't see that. Is that new this week? I didn't, I didn't new see New this it. week, 465. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a 100-point wine, so there you go. 465 doesn't seem unreasonable to me. One that, and actually, I don't know why I put this under uh, here. It should have been a Bordeaux. A 2000 Garad La Rose. Uh, I saw that too. That's so funny. I know. I noticed that as well. Yeah. 135. Yeah. I love this Chateau for a second growth. It's. I feel like this is a second growth that I never hear anybody talk about. And yet every time I have a Garad La Rose, I'm like pleasantly surprised. No, uh, it's, it's serious wine. And I think, it's only a matter of time before it gets pushed into, I think, a higher price point. I, I wouldn't doubt the 2000 and 09 and some of the other serious vintages will go to, you know, 150 and 200 as the years go by because it's, it's really, really good. It's really good. I had the it's 2000, so I think I, I think I meant, I think we talked about this before, but I had the 2000 out of Magnum a few years ago and it was, it was, killer it was really really good so i can't imagine that it's it's you know it hasn't peaked or anything so it'll, it'll that that's a great wine it's a phenomenal wine i've had a bunch of grudlows from the 80s it yeah. is outstanding it's really good and, and yet consistently it seems to come in way below other second growths the 10 is at 80 right and that's <laughs> that's a great vintage too it's not as good as i don't think 09 but still it's, that's that's not expensive for wine of that quality that is a the 15 the 15's at 70 so 70 bucks for a 15 second a second growth look yeah. at the other second growths you're looking at 150 to 200 dollars Right, and easily, and then easily. far beyond for yeah for serious vintages or for serious yeah for vintages. serious vintages far beyond that. Basically, this Garad Larose, you're looking. You compare this to like a Pontet Canet or Lynch Bodge, which I believe are what seventh growths, seventh or fifth? No, fifth. Yeah, fifth growth. Sorry, they're fifth growths, which punch above their weight. Don't sure. get me wrong, but my only point is you're looking at paying a similar dollar value for right. a second for a second growth. That's true. Um, Rose is great. I, I, that's funny you mentioned that because that definitely stuck out and and went my travels through all the new wine this week. Uh, we've got a Domaine Tempier Bandol. Yeah, more Tempier. I thought of you again actually because I saw more more new Tempier pop up. Me, you thought of me and not uh, not John Malkovich. <laughs> not John Malkovich. Not John Malkovich. That's the urban legend that we have that John Malkovich loves Domaine Tempier. I swear to you, I saw. 
him say that uh, on a Reddit Ask Me Anything, a Reddit AMA. You could probably look it up fairly quickly, but I'm just too lazy to do it. That one, 60 bucks, uh, nine years of age. I love this producer. It's a great price for uh, Domain Tempier. And then the this one, I am reticent to even mention it because I want to buy it. It is uh, 1966 Rivrack. Rivi, Rivi. I saw this and thought of you as well. Because, yeah, we talked about Reef Salt and how, how much of a deal they are for old, old vintages. It's such a good, and look, here, here's the thing. Well, you miss it. It's already got a bid. So you're, it's you're, me. You're, I bid on it. Oh, <laughs> that's me. Um, um, so I cannot bid you because you're, we're both employees. So, oh, man, I mean, that's not me. That's not me. Oh, it's not you. It's somebody okay. else. Well, you better change your handle name because I'll out you. <laughs> You're going to look at my handle name. <laughs> well, I can see it. I mean, anybody can see it. We're talking anybody about it. It's but, Jeff but, MA6 for all those lis- all those people listening. Um, uh, no, that's another Jeff Mack. Uh, you shouldn't have, your, you shouldn't have the fraction of your name as your handle, by the way. It's but not like, a good but idea. Like, this is, have you had River Salt before? Yeah, yeah. We talked it's about this. So it's, good. it's so amazing. It's and so the bottles, amazing. you know, they sit in oak forever. And it's like a, it's not, you know, it's, it, it's not recognized like other, other old, old sweet red wines. Uh, you know, I think Banyols is probably somewhat close. Banyols is close, but did I tell you there's this, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. I apologize. There's a story and I think it's from windows. Uh, I'm going to butcher this story, which windows in the world and, and uh, the Ke- Kevin's Rayleigh's book. He talks about, I, I think this is book. Talks about like going to uh, Dikem and sitting down for dinner where they did a tasting for the first course. You know, it was like a twelve course meal or whatever. And for the first course it was you know mushroom soup, and they served in Dikem, and it was amazing. And second course it was like truffle risotto, and they served right. Dikem. It was amazing. And third, so all the way through Dikem, and the very last course was dessert. It was some chocolate cake or some decadent dessert, and they served a bottle of light, a glass of like Lafitte. And he drank Lafitte and he's like, this is terrible. Why would you serve this? And he goes, see, Sauterne goes with everything. Bordeaux <laughs> only goes with one thing. It only goes with one thing, right? It's only good with meat. I think River Salt was, that That was sort of opened my eyes because when I drink River Salt, I have it with a whole meal. And sure. it pairs so well with so many different things. You want to go, yeah, tight, you want to go with something savory, like right. it really is a versatile wine. With yeah. A lot of age on it. $85 for a 1966. Yeah. That's, what's cool is you can, you can find, you know, birthday or anniversary or, or whatever the reason bottles that are not, you know, horrifically expensive. <laughs> Talk to me about your other French. Uh, the, okay. Take, take me, take me to Beaujolais. <laughs> so the first thing I want to mention is uh, one of my favorite champagnes, Cédric Bouchard. We talked about it before. Great, great, great wines. The Val de Vilaine, there's a case of the 2020. Uh, there's a six pack, it looks like, of uh, Laser Soul 18, Discourse 2022. So these are these are new releases, obviously. And there's a 17 Laser Soul. As well. Uh, fantastic wines. They've got a lot of press. They've got a lot of big following. The prices are are high, therefore, but still great. I noticed there was um, 
some 98 Charles Joguet Chinon, Les Varennes du Grand Clos. And that's a great producer of, of, of Loire Cabernet Franc. I'm not a, the biggest fan of, of Loire reds or even that many of the whites, but it, 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 I think bears mentioning just because we don't see them that often and especially something uh, from 1998 is, is always fun to see. There's uh, speaking of, of nearby regions, there's a 1999 Chateau des Pierre Savignier Cuvée Spéciale, which is a pretty rare wine. I believe this is uh Chenin Blanc. Somebody will definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but that's, that's a cool bottle at 20. Well, looks like it's got a couple bids on it. It's at 27 bucks now. But anyway, that that was fun to see. Oh, we, we skipped over a couple. I for some reason I didn't notice, but there was an 05 Magnum of Chateau, of Chateau Pichon Baron at mm. 335. Three of them actually. Um, That's a great price for mag. Of yeah, 335 for mag that'll last for years and years and years. I always love large formats. I I'm always looking at them. They're going to last longer. You're not going to open one on any given Tuesday by yourself. Uh, so they tend to last longer in your cellar too. Uh, there's an 18 available at 165, which I didn't think was was crazy. Uh, the wine enthusiast gave it 100 points. Uh, you know, maybe that doesn't carry the same weight as as a Parker or a Spectator 100, but who cares, right? It's still a great, great wine. And 165 for that for a current vintage is is or let's say current release is not great. You can put it down for for years and years. Um, let's see, skipping skipping on here. Uh, interesting bottle popped up completely out of the blue. A 1999 Domaine Arlo Maurice Saint Denis Le Rousseau Reserve Cuvée Unique. And uh, it has, I think it has a $39.99 price tag written on the label. <laughs> so the retailer <laughs> wrote it on the label. And that probably wasn't even released. That was probably like years after release too. But anyway, it's at, it's at 76. It's got to have been on it already, which is not surprising. That's a phenomenal red burgundy vintage. So finding those cool examples from you know, from second or third tier, or whatever you want to call it, producers for under hundred bucks is always fun. It'll be interesting to see what that hammers for. We might see that in our, in our recap next week with uh, a lot of bids on it. Oh, we were talking about Chateauneuf. I noticed there was a, a Saint-Cifrin 09 at 30 bucks. It has some great ratings. I was like, this is, you know, it's a great producer. It's not expensive. That's a great Chateauneuf example. Uh, skipping back to the Loire, there's Domaine de Beaumard Cartouchon, which is amazing, amazing. Uh, Chenin Blanc, if you've never had it, the 04 was a great vintage. Again, it got great scores, if that matters. 50 bucks. I think that wine is always sort of consistently underpriced. It's very collectible. It lasts for years and years. It's very complex. It's very, very good. So that was cool. Um, let's see. Georges Mounieret. Eshazo, 19, uh, 2019. Don't see too much of this. It's extremely collectible with price to match. It's at $8.75, but those wines are just unbelievably good. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, there's some uh, some Guiberto from also from the uh, Loire. I have a lot of Loire picks, which is kind of funny when I was just talking about how I don't really drink that much of them. And, and I'm a big Cap yeah. fan, huh? No, well, I mean, I like it, but I, I I don't drink a lot of Chinon. Let's just say that. But there's there's always cool examples, and I'd like to point out things that other people might enjoy more. So, 
2020 Guiberto uh, Sommer Blanc, Les Moulins, and then there's also the Sommer Rouge, and both at $40 reserve. And those are sought after, kind of a cult following. They don't come up very often, so those are always cool to see. We mentioned the Clos de Caillou uh, Chateauneuf and the price difference. Uh, there's some pretty amazing Cornas from Novel, no, Noel Versailles. Uh, prices are insane, but the wines are very rare and very sought after. There's 94, 95, 97, 98, 99. There's a mag of 2000 for 1170. I, you don't see mags of this wine very often. That's a very collectible bottle and uh, all the way up to 01 as well. Uh, we were talking, oddly enough, Jeff, you'll recall, we were talking about our new uh, Von Romany wine. We were talking about a, a rare bottle a couple of weeks ago from the 80s, there yeah. happens to be a magnum of 2000 Von Romani Le Souchot in, in this auction, which I thought was, was fun to see. Again, large formats, rarity, interesting, collectible, lasts forever. Uh, that's a 750. I thought that was striking. Let's see, quickly moving on, we mentioned the Gigal wines and... We mentioned, let's see, oh, there's some great champagne. There's some, uh, in addition to the Bouchard wines, there's Georges Laval, Brut Nature, 2015 at 130. That was one that's, that's uh, stuck out with me. And yes, that's right. There's um, Jean Foyard Morgan. There's this cuvee, uh, pie cuvee, if you will, has a pie symbol on the label. Cuvée 3.14. It's very, very collectible. We've got the 13 couple bottles in at 210. We also have the 16 Foyard Morgan Eponyme at 50. And then skipping down to the Rhone, there is a Jean-Louis Chave Saint-Joseph Clos Florentin, which you don't often see this. We do often have the Chave Hermitage, but the Saint-Joseph is, well, let's just say it's generally less than uh, or quite a bit less than the, the Hermitage, but the 17 uh, Clos Florentin is at, well, it looks like it's got a bit. It was at 165 and I think they're both at 166 now. That's cool, cool stuff. High points, collectible. Everyone knows about it at this point, but still great, great, great wine. And there's some older Krug in this week, which I thought was really neat. That. 82, yeah, 82, 895. There's an 85 Magnum for 1510. There's some other vintage. 95 for 495. Let's head across the pond. Let's let's come to the United States. Oh, back. Okay. Well, let me hold on. Let me mention one more thing. Okay, one more thing. One more thing. I know I'm just going on and on here, but there's just a lot of cool stuff. There's a wine that we had talked about because I was struck by this producer called Les Oreilles, and there was a, it was a Pernam Vergeles. Well, this week there's 2020 Les Oreilles Bourgogne Le Vieux Sage, which is, it's Bourgogne and it's, you know, it's very, very sort of esoteric as it were, but don't often see it. I wanted to point it out because it's kind of one of those one-off examples. It's already got a bid. It's at 165. And I wanted to, to make mention of that just because it's a producer I'm not familiar with, but it's got quite a following. Okay. As we head across the pond, there is uh, something that I think you, well, I would probably interested, but I think you might be interested in I know you're not a fan of Camus recently. We had some older Camus come into auction this week. Yeah, I did see it. 
81 and 135. I did uh, see it. And then and then there's uh, a 94 special selection at 205. That's not terrible. That's not a terrible price for 94. That's about when that's my cutoff year for Camus. <laughs> well, and then here's the other thing. There was a I've never even seen one of these. I'm sure you have a 2012 Camus Zinfandel, which I thought was kind of yeah, no, I did see that. And it's what, how much is it? I didn't even, I didn't even um, notice. It wasn't even all that expensive. Um, um, let me take a look here. But I guess but, I could look it up while I'm sitting here while you're talking. Yeah, 50 bucks. Oh, cool. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought that one would be really interesting to, to check out. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, it's got a bid too. So somebody, somebody wants it. Somebody's interested in it came as yeah. infidel. There were some interesting Harlins that came in auction. You, know, you notice there's like every wine produced by Bill Harlan in this auction. There's, in this auction. there's penultimate, there's mascot, there's bond. And there's obviously, and then what's the other? There's, there's one more. Oh, promontory. All of them. They're all oh. in. Yeah. Yeah, tons of Harlan actually. There's all kinds of vintages, original woods, and then there's there's the maiden and multiple yeah, vintages. A lot of maiden in the in the yeah. auction. There was a one that that's jumped out at me. A '94 Joseph Phelps insignia for two. I saw that too. Yeah, um, I thought that was a cool one. That one has really strong tasting notes. We've got a lot of '90s insignia that came into the auction this week. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot. You're right. There's a lot of insignia, and I think. I didn't notice if there were any other, it didn't seem like there were any other designations. Like there wasn't any Bacchus or Isley from Phelps. It was just the, insignia, just the insignia. Yeah. And yeah, there's a lot, there's a, was there a mag of 95 or something? I can't, I, can't even remember. I wouldn't be surprised. It was like, yeah. it was like a Joseph Phelps boy band. I mean, they had, they were all there <laughs> and it was very nineties. Yeah, 95. No, there's a three liter of 95. Three liter three of 95. Liter 95. What is that going for? At 870. Yeah. I mean, that's actually not that's not unreasonable for a three liter of insignia. Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot. I the 94, 235. I, I'm not too surprised at those prices. But yeah, for for a big, big format, you know, it's not exponentially more than than the 750. It's a great, it's a great deal, as it were. Um one that I was really interested, I may even bid on, uh, maybe I did bid on it. I <laughs> 2013 Ridge uh, Estate Merlot. This one I thought was really interesting because so 2013, great year for Ridge. I believe the Montebello got like 100 points in 2013, but 2013 was a, you know, there were a lot of great wines produced in, in uh, Northern California. Yeah. It's 100% sourced from um, Montebello. Yeah. Um, um, which, as we all know, is a storied vineyard. That Merlot, no doubt, goes into Ridge Montebello. So I thought that one was a really cool one. And for you know, it's five bucks, it's funny. Yeah, no, it's it's that's a definitely a fair price. I'm sure it's more at the winery. I wouldn't doubt. And I wanted to mention because I'm a huge fan. There's also the 14 Estate Chardonnay, which is again from Montebello. I love, love this wine there. It's a little confusing because, and I'd have to go to the website or to somebody who knows what they're talking about, but there's Montebello designated and then estate designated Chardonnay. I don't know what the difference is. I suspect it might be vine age, but both are phenomenal. And the, the 14 estate Chard at 45 reserve, it's that's, Great, great Chardonnay. Santa Cruz Mountains is an amazing place for for Chardonnay, and that stuff is really, really good. So I was I was stoked to see that too. I'm a huge Ridge fan. 
Yeah, me too. Um, I don't know that I've ever tasted. I mean, you probably have because you know you're you're you've got a lot more experience than I do. I don't know if I've ever tasted a bad bottle from Ridge. You know, like I feel like everything I've ever had from Ridge has been like really good. I saw a '91 Mondavi Reserve Cabernet Sauvignon. Yep, um, I saw that too. One thirty-five, strong tasting notes. Drinking great right now. Good price point. And I've had older than that, and the Mondavi still drink fantastically. Yeah, no, I mean, we we you know we we talked about McDonald last week and. Yeah. And how insane the 2010 went. And the the important thing I think to remember is that the, the some of the greatest wines that you know Tim and Dobby was mostly responsible for in the, you know, obviously Robert before that, but the I mean 69 and Dobby Cab and then the 70s and 80s and into the 90s, those those wines from the you know, McDonald parcels and other parcels of Tokalon are just amazing and they age really well. They're creeping up in price and they're not going to be, you know, at, I don't think they're going to be at 135 forever. And and you can see when you look at the 78, you know, for example, it's, it's very expensive, but 91 is killer. And yeah, they're great. I love those wines. Talk to me for, for just a moment here. We've got a 1967 Heights, Martha's Vineyard yep. at auction right now, right? Actually, we have two of them. This bottle last sold in 2022, uh, sorry, in September, $460. Now these one, I mean, it sold for more before, but we've got two at auction right now, eight fifty five. Mm-hmm. Now I know, you know, the 1974 is iconic because that's the one that went to judgment from Paris. So there's some history around it. No, 74 didn't. 74 didn't that was uh, too late that was too I, late it was 70 or 71 70 oh maybe it was 71 sorry yeah i uh, uh, sorry i meant 71 it was 71 that went to that we went there but we've got a 74 at auction right now which rivals it and just in terms of tasting notes and is less than half the price right i think I don't know why. I think 60s Heights is just going to be expensive no matter what. I think the 68 is 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 better. It's a better vintage, but 67, 855, that seems a little steep to me because that, that's quite a jump from where it, you know, from where it, it last hammered anyway. Actually, no. Sorry. It did hammer for more than that before so I, I i don't know it's that it's, it's been up and down it's gone. yeah it's, it's been up hammered, and down it's hammered as high as 945 right 67 uh yeah the 67 hammered at 945 in january of this year and then one hammered at 460 but uh as a mid-shoulder fill so I, yeah it depends on condition obviously um Condition's you know, playing huge into this don't get me wrong i love heights they make phenomenal cabernet sauvignon I just thought it was really interesting to see something like this. There's right. such a big swing depending on bottle variability. Uh, the other one that I thought was really interesting, speaking of Napa in the, in the 60s, the 68 Inglenook Cabernet Sauvignon cask H12. Mm-hmm. That one we've got at 370. Let me just say, I have had this bottle. It is outstanding. And I've also had the 67. Absolutely outstanding. Right. Um and this is one where it was kind of unclear, but the research I've done shows, so they sold the vineyard in 65, 66, and uh, uh, 66. It's unclear because my understanding was Philip Tongi, Tongi. Tongi, yeah. We had some mention of his wines in last week, but yeah, yeah. 
He he oversaw it, and my understanding was he continued to oversee it even after the vineyard was purchased. But these are some storied wines because yeah. Yeah. Uh, Inglenook, especially in the early to mid '60s, was producing just some top tier, top quality yeah. wine out of Napa. That's right. Fair. So. To me, 370 seems like a fantastic deal, especially when you juxtapose it against the 67 uh, heights. I think these Inglenooks will creep up in value because especially 68, it's killer vintage for California, very collectible, obviously heights and BV and some other examples are very, very expensive, more so I think than this. And uh, obviously heights is, but... Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a great bottle. Even though the label's kind of shredded, it's it's great fill. Looks like it's into the neck, in fact, and and you know looks looks really really solid. So that's a that's a really cool find. It's funny you mentioned this because speaking of of terroir that is, I would say comparable. There's also a bottle of ninety one Dominus in, which is very much one of the best bottles of wine I've ever had. And really? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's incredible. And it 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 you know comes from from the the Napanek vineyard which is obviously there you know it's seated down there in in Yonville and it's really 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 good. So I had to, I had to kind of mention that as a segue. Are you? Uh, I mean, is that one you're going after then? No, it's too expensive. It's it's at four twenty. Uh, yeah. Does it have a bit already? I don't think so. The label's actually I think the label's stained, so it's, people probably might stay shy away from it because it it looks like something might have spilled on it. But the bottle itself is in phenomenal shape. So no bids. No um, bids. Yeah, the 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 color looks good and it's got it's got a good fill. Yeah, uh, that, that that's just. Just incredibly, incredibly good wine. I I saw a Lavantour for her. Oh yeah, <laughs> which so twenty thirteen. So uh, Lavantour has wine for women now. Apparently, <laughs> eighty dollars. Uh, I mean, look, I like Lavantour. It seems like a good price to me. I just thought it was funny because it was for her. Well. You know, I don't know. There's got to be some. I'm sure there's some verbiage on the the website that that is you know describes why the label is what it is i i, I don't i don't think they're trying to be provocative i i don't think they're trying to be right i just thought no. I, the the way it came off as i was looking at it, i thought it was kind of funny yeah it's it's funny well you know while you mentioned lava and tour and we've we've we, we like to talk it seems like we talk about it every week but there's a, a whole whole bunch of Paso Robles wine in this week. Yes. Um, if yes. I can skip through those, because please, like, I, like I said before, like I had tons of stuff to mention from all we over can, the planet. Look, we can put this stuff in the show notes. So if there's anything okay. that, that we can't get to, you know, here we can put it in the show notes. Sure. So there's, there's, there's Via Creek. I've heard it pronounced Villa Creek and Via Creek, but anyway, Via Creek, uh, which I love, been there a few times. Wines are amazing and they're not, I don't think they're, you know, it's one of those things where you can pay more for the scores type of thing, but there's, they're just fantastic. 18 James Berry, there's 13 James Berry, there's 13 Avenger. I think there might be, I think that's it for, for new picks this week for Via Creek, but there's also, we mentioned, uh, we were mentioning the Turtle Rock wines. There's a whole bunch of them. Please don't <laughs> mention all the Turtle Rock wines that you're watching. <laughs> I'm not but going to. Suffice it to say, you can go look for Turtle Rock. There's really good prices. You will find, yes, you will find many. And I, I, I can't speak to them because I've never actually tasted Turtle Rock wines. So, but they got a lot of really high score 
stores across the board. And the prices are not, you know, they're not, they're not that shy. Now it, it is kind of funny because I noticed there's like a 19 Claude's cuvee that's got multiple bids on it and mm-hmm. high scores at 56, but then there's like the G the 14 G2 at 60 and no bids on it with also really high scores. So it looks like, you know, it, it some of them are, are more sought after than others. 18 G2 has bids at 60, also really high scores, but the 14 doesn't. So go figure. Anyway, there's a ton of those. Um, I saw so there's some Tablas Creek that snuck in. I this love Tablas Creek. Yeah. And I thought you would probably see those and what else there's a bunch of uh there's more booker there's more saxon and there's law estates as well which you don't always find that was kind of a kind of a really small sought after mailing list wine for a while um now it pops up at auction i believe it's it's it goes for less than it does at the winery but yeah just a lot of a uh, lot of Paso Robles wines in in this week we're running out of time here yeah. I want to really quickly touch on um, Italy and, yes, and other stuff yes. because, because there was like a ton of really interesting Italian wine that came into auction this week. Barolos and Brunellos especially. I got like a, a, a Gaia. There were a, a couple of Gaias. There was a Cito Moresco 11 mm-hmm. for 60 bucks, which I thought great price for Gaia. There was a uh, Dalange story to that one, even at two forty five, already has a bit on it. That one, is, it goes for much higher prices, even on release. I think it's like $500 on release, but that one, you know, great price. Um, right. And and then we've got, you know, uh, GD, uh, Vajra, uh, uh, Borolo, Rivera, uh, that one, $85 for 2010. Again, 12 years of age, great tasting notes. I'll bet you that Barolo could probably even go further. Um, there was just I think it's Vira, actually. I, I gotta I gotta check on this. Vira? Vira. Yeah. There was a grip of older Brunellos, an eight yeah. uh, yep. 95 uh yep. Brunello for 45 bucks, an 06 Brunello for 45 bucks, a 2010 for Telly Ravello Brunello, uh Barolo actually for 35. All these right within their drinking window, good tasting notes recently. So it doesn't seem like they're over the hill. 2001, uh, Silvio Nardi, 45. That one already has a bit on it. Yeah. The one that I thought was really interesting, there was an, uh, and I've not seen this before. You probably have 06 uh, Cantina Tar- uh, Tarlano Gewurztraminer. From Italy. So it's so funny you mentioned those. Those were kind of those. That's one. That's one. <laughs> that's one producer where I was hesitant to put into things I wanted to mention because I just love those wines and I feel like they kind of they kind of slide under the radar. And yeah, those are those are awesome. Sorry, wines. sorry, awesome Paul. Wines. I was. No, it's all like- cool. It's it's all good because the 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 Verstrainer is good, but I specifically tracked the the Nova Domus Reserva because the wine is just awesome. It's just awesome, and the the Reserva wines that that Terlon makes are they're just so complex, so fascinating. They're they're great. So yeah, it's it's cool that you mentioned that. I, I just, anytime I see something like that, that's off the beaten path, like, and Gewürztraminer especially, I, I feel like is very subject to terroir. So like to, to be able to try like a Gewürztraminer from Germany, from Alsace, from the Finger Lakes, from Italy, to me, that that's always like a really fun thing to do. Yeah. yeah. And I think I like, I 
prefer actually northern Italian Gewurztraminer to to Alsatian, but that's just that's just my taste. The, the volatility, oh! well, the it's something about the volatility in the in the aromatics can be off putting in some of the Alsatian Gewurztraminer. I don't. It, it's it's like jet fuel sometimes. It burns off if you got the time, but close on Hune's a different story. I'll, I'll never turn that down, but. But some of them are, are pretty, they're pretty intense for me. So can I mention? Go for it. While we're talking about rare Italian stuff, there's some, yes. some standouts this week uh, that I have to bring up. So there's a Foradori Toraldigo Magnum, which mm. I thought was really cool. That do is not really see cool. That. Yeah, you do not see that very often. Uh, Foradori obviously has a storied past, but the the Magnum of the Toraldigo, it's the Moray uh 13 for 90 bucks i thought that was really cool because i don't think i've ever seen that in large format uh there is a 2010 gallardi charity lavoro uh, from roca monfina volcano from the volcano of, of roca monfina it's apparently campania's first cult wine that's it's great great stuff so you don't see that very often so i was kind of i was excited to see that come up the the label's a little shredded so you know it might might take a minute or two to to sell, but we'll see. It's at 80 bucks. Uh, there's a very interesting wine called Il Cabrelot, which is actually the variety. Uh, I always thought it was just the brand name for this wine, but it's it's not. It's actually a, a grape, uh, and it's only bottled in Magnum, as far as I know, from Il Carnachale. This uh, mm-hmm. it's a hillside it's a hillside vineyard that faces the Arno River in Tuscany, and it's really really hard to find. Anyway, we've got a couple of mags of the thirteen at two fifty. That's that's really really cool stuff. It's got giant scores, so people know about it. But in all the same, it's fun to see because we don't see it that often. Absolutely. And I think that was about it for Italy this week for me. There's there's you know, there's a lot of cool things you mentioned, like the Terlon wines and and some of the other wines from Brunel or excuse me, from from Tuscany. I did notice um, speaking of relative value, there's a 2011 Capolano Barbera. Uh, the Barolo from Capilano is very, very expensive, three figures and up, sometimes three, 400 bucks. Uh, but there's Barbera at right now. It's got a bid. It's at 66. Uh, there's 1988 Castello de Rampola San Marco. I mm. love this wine and 80s vintages don't come up that often. So that was. I, I noted that one. Highly regarded, great price, 115. Yeah. Taking notes are saying it's singing right now. Yeah, so that was that was really cool to see. Uh, there's another very obscure Italian wine. Um, actually, not even Italian. Excuse me, I'm I'm, I'm getting out of the country already. But it's Let's from Slovenia. <laughs> it, it borders Italy. It's from Slovenia, and it's it's got a crazy following. Movia Pura Rose. This stuff is wild. I believe this might even be one of the bottles that you have to disgorge yourself. So you actually have to do it in a bucket. Uh, I've seen this done in restaurants before. It's pretty fascinating. Wait, but what? Yeah, no, it's it's like. They make a wine. Movia is, is a crazy natural wine producer, skin contact, uh, you know, some wild stuff. But there's the Puro Rosé sparkling wine. 
in right now at 60 bucks. And I, there is a version of this, I think that's not disgorged that you're supposed to disgorge yourself when you open it. And it's very cool. These wines also have quite a following too. So that was, that was really neat to see. Speaking of outside Italy, uh, a ton of Grange came into auction this week. Yeah. I noticed that. I noticed that. There There was a bunch of Grange, including an 81 Grange, $500, which by the way, is less than you'll pay for Grange at retail today on release. That's true. Even at, I mean, we talk about this all the time. Costco selling Grange for 600 bucks a bottle, $500. This and and 81 was a fantastic year for Grange amongst other things. It really, uh, uh, really great deal. A lot of, uh, or I mean, at least a few, a number of uh, Vega uh, Cecilia Unico came into auction this week. There's an 82 at 575. Yeah, I I tagged those as well. I tagged Um, those as well. And then I saw from Argentina, is it Argentina Gran, uh, an amigo, uh, Cabernet Franc. This one I thought was really interesting because the, uh, I had heard, I don't, I, I was trying to validate this. So the 2019 of this got 100 points from Robert Parker. This is the 2010, so it's got some age on it. But I have not had Cabernet Franc from Argentina or South America for that matter. I thought it'd be super interesting to try. Mm-hmm. There was a 01 uh, Bodegas Muga Rioja Reserva, which I love uh, Bodegas Muga Rioja. This is a, a producer that I absolutely love, $55. It already has a bit on it, but that's a, a favorite producer of mine. So those were the big ones. Any Anything else you want to mention before we wrap things up? I'm yeah, sure. let me let me just run through because there were some- Do it kind of wild examples from from all over the map literally this this week and what i wanted to mention was all height it's south african and mm. it's called radio lazarus it's a hundred percent shannon blanc i looked it up because i'd never heard of it and it popped up and it was kind of expensive i was like what's this expensive shannon blanc from south africa doing uh, i believe it is 70 dollars reserve so that was pretty wild to see that came in this week and it's it's uh looks like the the winery or or some of the vineyards are about an hour and a half from cape town i had to look up on the map because i had no idea what it was about but they produce pretty much all white wines or chris all i should say produces all white wines i don't think there are many reds there's there's one red but anyway we have the chenin blanc in this week there is also um a wine from the Canary Islands, which is really cool. Envinate Taganon Blanc, Taganon, which apparently is made of a bunch of varieties that I had not heard of except for Malvasia. There's Listan Blanco, Albio Criollo, Mar Majuelo, and Gual, in case you were curious. I had to look it up because I was like, dude, this is wild. It's from Tenerife. So anyway, that was that was really neat to see. And then there is also these wines. Uh, there's a wine, excuse me, 2015 Alvaro Castro Pallada Primus, which is from, from Portugal. So another really interesting field blend from Portugal, white wine. It looked like it's also had, you know, some pretty good scores on it and a following as well. So that was neat to see. It's got bids on it as well. I think it's actually rather expensive at retail and it started at 35 and it's got a couple bids. So not surprising there. And then let's see. And I think, yeah, that was about it. There were a couple Colt wines from California, if you will, that I did want to mention some, some, you know, 
younger producer, shall we say, that uh, that aren't as well known, but have a major following. There's a 19 Arrow and Branch Fine Hill Ranch Cabernet, you know, serious source from Oakville. There's a 2018 Bella Oaks Vineyard Red and Bella Oaks Vineyard was bought by somebody, I think, quite a few years ago, but then the whole place has been revamped and it's, it's very, very expensive now, but we have a bottle of the 18 in for 280. I thought that was, that was kind of cool to see. And let's see, there's some, some Kinsman Eads wine in this week, which we don't often see Um, more of the classics, by the way, if we skip back to uh, Calistoga and the classic wine, there's 1991 Chateau Montalena estate, which is again, Mm -hmm. I talked about 91 Dominus. The 91 Montalena is, is again, one of the best bottles of Cabernet I've ever had Uh, really, really, really good wine. So that was cool. There's also Magnums of the 92, 350 and the 93 at 210, which seems pretty reasonable. I mean, not, not the same as as uh, 91, but still, not, it's fun to see those in large formats. Okay, skipping back to Spain. Sorry, forgive me for jumping all over the place. Go but for it. There's a wine called uh, Commando J. Rumbo Al Norte Garnacha. So it's Grenache from I don't even know what part of Spain, but very, very, very obscure, rare stuff, $300 reserve, big high scores. I'd never noticed it, but that'll be interesting to see if, if people go after it or not. It uh, does seem like a, a pretty high score, or excuse me, a pretty high reserve, but still we'll see, we'll see what happens there. And uh, speaking of classic California, bouncing back to Napa, there's a magnum of 94 Duckhorn Three Palms, which I thought was cool. Three Palms Merlot, excuse me, for 90 bucks. That's a great, great, great vineyard source. It's one of the best Merlot sources, I think, in Napa, up near up near Calistoga, if not in the Calistoga Appalachian. 90 bucks uh, is very reasonable. Yeah. Back to Colt, Colt Wines, if you will. Uh, 19 Fairchild Stones Longitude Latitude. I'd never seen these wines before. Also Chardonnay from Peraris Block A3 from Fairchild. The the 19 Longitude Latitude is 350 and the Chardonnay is 205. Crazy bottles too. If you look at the glass, it's it's really kind of a trip. Uh, The Fairchild Cabernets have always been expensive since release, but I noticed these wines because I hadn't really seen them before and they were new this week. So I thought that was, uh, that was kind of cool to see. And then skipping back to Piedmont, if you will, the 16 Giacomo Conterno, Cascina Francia Barolo. I always like to mention these prices have gone crazy in the last few years. Uh, those are 285. There's a couple of those. There's Giuseppe Mascarello Barbera and the, uh, Mon Privado Barolo as well. The, the 07 Mon Privados at 205. And the obviously the Barberas are a lot more reasonable. There's a 17 Barbera Dalva Scudetto at 35 and Barbera Dalva Codamonte at 60. Those are always interesting to, to, to see because they're such great wines. 15 Donhoff snuck in this week as well. Spätlese, uh, Norheimer Kirschek Spätlese at Spätlese at 40. Got a couple of those. Spätlese. I love being able Spätlese. to correct you on something. Spätlese, yeah, excuse me. Spätlese. Uh, you mentioned Inglenook, actually. I wanted to point out there's an 18 Inglenook in at three of them, actually, at 65. I think the new releases of this wine are awesome, and they're they're built to last. They're 
tannic and massive. And, you know, again, if scores matter, they got big, big scores too, but for a classic, classic source in Napa. And I think wines are being made in a, you know, in a great way these days, 65 wasn't bad. Uh, I briefly mentioned Kinsman Eads because the winemaker, Nigel Kinsman is also responsible for uh, a couple of other wines in the current auction. There's some Memento Mori, Vine Hill Ranch again in Oakville, 18 at 215. Oh, skipping back over to Italy. I'm sort of going alphabetically here if you didn't notice, but uh, Miani wines, which I always like to point out because they, they are rare and collectible, but it's fun to see them come in. There's the Friolano 17 at 80, and then the Friolano Buri at 105 for the 16. Then there's the Miani Rosso 2010 at 170. There's a couple bottles of the Monte Vertine Rosso, the 17 and the 18. Uh, I think the 17's already got bids, the 18's at 70. And there's some really cool Myriad, 15, 16, and 18. There's Dr. Crane from all three vintages, 190, 265, and 215, respectively. Uh, 2010 Palo Bea, always cool to see Palo Bea wines. We, we talked about Movia a minute ago. So there's a Bea Rosso San Valentino, not the top tier wine, but still fun to see from 2010 at 55. Not a crazy price. No, there's no, a no. ton of Peter Michael in this week. We were talking about I how saw that. there's a lot of really, you know, crazy cult California, but I love that. Oak Paradis Cabernet, it's, from, it's an Oakville source. It's really, really good. There's a lot of that. I'm pretty sure it's less than winery cost. There's 11, there's 12, 17, 18. I think there's other vintages. Also, Magnums of the Chardonnay, the Cuvée Indigène, which is just great, great wine. Lasts forever. There's 07 and 09 Mags, 230, 220, respectively. 05 Mon Plaisir Chardonnay Magnum at, at 160. Again, really, really great wine. So anyway, oh, there was one other I, California I wanted to mention because it comes from the controversial 2020 vintage, the terrible fire vintage. Aaron Pott, as always, uh, likes to buck the trend, whatever it may be. He's a he's kind of an amazing character in Napa, but he put out a wine called Smoke. Uh, you know, smoke pot, as it were, lots of puns there. He's always been interested in, in Latin and puns and all kinds of things, but I've never seen this wine before. It's obviously, it's a new release, but there are two bottles of the 2020 at 75. You can take your risk with that wine to see if it has any smoke taint. Hopefully it doesn't, but you never know. Somebody's I think that about wraps it up for all my Somebody, I've got other stuff too, but it's going we'll to put it in the show long. notes. What is yours? Somebody's yeah. going to find out if it has any, any smoke taint. Look, uh, thank you for all of that wonderful analysis, Paul. Uh, I think that's been enough for us. We're tapping out here. Yeah. Uh, everyone uh, have a great rest of your week. Enjoy it. Have a happy holidays, all that fun stuff. And, and uh, happy hunting when it comes to your wine auctions. Cheers. Exactly. Cheers. Salute. Bye, everyone.